0: I am professional wrestler Chris Rex, and if you're hearing my voice, that means you're listening to The Bear of Texas Podcast. Dallas Cowboys fans, are you ready? Are you ready to hear the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? Are you ready to hear what I, The Bear of Texas, has to say regarding the Dallas Cowboys, well then, grab a beer, have a seat, and buckle up, because this ride will start out slow, but I guarantee you it will intensify by the second, and here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Cowboys Talk, the Dallas Cowboys discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast. I am the Bear of Texas, and it's my honor to welcome a fellow podcaster who is super passionate, just like I am, to this show. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome John Alcorn. Welcome to the show, John.
1: What's up, man? How's it going? Uh, That game made me nervous. I don't know about you.
0: It made me nervous, but at the end, it really made me disappointed. How come? Well, the Cowboys had a chance, numerous chances, to win the game, <coughs> and they just could not do it.
1: Here's the thing, and I talked this to Paul a couple weeks ago, and this drives me nuts. People, if This doesn't convince people about Russell Wilson. Nothing will. He's a top-ten most active quarterback in the past four to five years. He's 14 TDs to one pick already on the year in three games. And, yes, you can say, oh, the offense line played better for him. Well, they had less skilled guys for the offense line playing better. I mean, if you're going to compare the two quarterbacks, it's Russell Wilson over Dak Prescott.
0: Absolutely. And it amazes me how, despite all the success, all the dominance, he's yet to even win a, a VIP award.
1: Exactly. DeMarco Murray has more MVP votes than him, so that says something. I mean,
0: sometimes I beg the question, is the NFL
1: rigged? (laughs) I think the disrespect has been very real. Legion of Boone's been broken up for about four years. The only guy that's really there still is Bobby Wagner, and he's playing phenomenal. But it's Russell Wilson. If this doesn't convince people that he's a top three, top four quarterback, then I don't know what – nothing's going to convince anybody anymore.
0: That's a great point. But you know, at the end of the day, all I can say is haters are going to hate.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And people ask me I asked a cowboys fan how could you be how could you love Russell Wilson so much I said, well this is not me as a cowboys fan this is me mm-hmm. as a passionate a professional and objective sports writer Russell Wilson mm-hmm. is good it's he's not just good on paper he's actually on the field proving his point you know in his words action speak louder, speaks louder than words he takes action it's his actions that do the talking Russell Wilson is a good quarterback there is just no denying it it's just pointless to deny.
1: His ability to not have that many turnovers without the offensive line makes he never want to hear the excuse about that Prescott not having the offensive line. He had the numbers, but this is just a dumb prediction. But uh, if they miss the playoffs, I think they need to get a new offensive coordinator. Because numbers, this is why you don't overvalue numbers. It's called empty calories is what I call it. Because you can have 500 yards a year or per game, and it doesn't really matter. I'm assuming you're referring to the Seahawks, correct? Uh, no, Dak Prescott in terms of his passing numbers. You okay. can do all the, all you want, but if you don't get to the big gains and big moments, then it really does not matter.
0: Well, in that case, I would say, you know what, I would I would suggest give the play calling duties back to Mike McCarthy. Rather than, <sighs> I mean, we'll, we'll see. I mean, let's be honest, though. The Cowboys could very well be 0-3.
1: Exactly.
0: And just like last week, they showed some resiliency. It's just, unfortunately... Fate did not repeat itself. Well, for the Falcons, it did, but the Cowboys, the the miracle did not come back. And I said this in the preview. If they cannot put pressure on Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson is going to do what he does best. He is going to torch the hell out of your defense, and that is exactly what he did. Now, they did put pressure on him a couple times, and since we're talking Russell Wilson – He did something else he's very known for. He got out of it. He made a hell of a play.
1: Here's the thing too, dude. If you look at the numbers before this season, from 2016 to 2019, he averages less than nine interceptions a year. So obviously haters are going to hate, but the numbers are there, not just numbers but the execution off the field. He's never had a losing season. And this is the problem. Is and I said people, he's still going to pay that Prescott about forty million a year, even though he does not deserve it. Because with Jerry Jones, Jerry Jones is like a toddler in a daycare. When they're stuck on something, <laughs> they're going to do it no matter what. And that's the problem. Jerry Jones has been getting in their way. I wasn't convinced of Garrett, but if he didn't let Garrett do his job, how's he let McCarthy do his job? I don't. At this point, it's just more positive about Seattle than it is negatively about the Cowboys because. They got Jamal Adams, and if he, hopefully he's healthy, and hopefully he doesn't have the balls and other guys' injuries.
0: You know, speaking of Jerry Jones, see, I asked myself the same thing regarding Mike McCarthy. But I noticed that Mike McCarthy, every guy he brought into his coaching staff were guys that he knows personally that he's worked with. So my gut feeling tells me that Stephen Jones told Mike McCarthy, don't worry about my old man. I got this. Do what you got to do. But that's just merely my thoughts. I mean, maybe that happened, maybe it didn't. But, Mm -hmm. I mean, Mike McCarthy's not off to the perfect start, but we can't just immediately throw him under the bus. He's making mistakes, but when you start off, you know, on a new team, you have a fresh start, of course you're not going to be perfect, but there's a lot of adjustments to be made. And right now, something that's still bugging me is the questionable play calling because we still saw some questionable Mm -hmm. play calling.
1: Right. And here's the thing, too. Coaching, I say on this is coaching, through most of the game, Ezekiel Elliott only had nine carries. That's, uh, that's unacceptable. That's terrible coaching, terrible decision-making. How do you, through most of the quarters, he only has nine carries? This is Elliott, top four running back, or top five people, whatever categories. Nine carries. And to the end of the game, maybe he had a lot more. But overall, through the first three and a half quarters, nine carries is unacceptable. It is
0: in this game, Seattle, you know, has the worst uh, passing defense. I mean, the, the worst they're worse in the league in total defense, you know, of allowing And Their secondary was worse with a passing game. So, obviously, the Cowboys had to take advantage of that as much as possible, which they did. However, even playing against the worst defense, that Seattle secondary did humiliate the Cowboys. But
1: Well, here's the thing, too. Trey Flowers made some very bad calls that almost cost them the game. And I think he's going to be gone after the season because that many plays that can't that's going to catch up to Seattle, and they they hold Ezekiel Elliott to 14 attempts rushing. Mm-hmm. This is supposed to be a top five running back with the worst with not a good defensive front line or not top 10 or top 15. Also, that DK Metcalf play that was stupid.
0: It was stupid, but we can't. Him under the bus anymore because he redeemed himself in the best way possible. He scored the game-winning touchdown. Mm-hmm. Well, I should say he caught the game-winning touchdown, right? But you know, everybody was asking me about this. Is this more humiliating than when the one time when Deshaun Jackson did something like that against the Cowboys? I said, well, it doesn't really matter because you know, especially in this game, because Dallas did not win the game. But that was uh, Diggs's. I think I guess I can say that was his first big play of his career. Forced a fumble mm-hmm. you know, made it go. Uh, you know, for a touchback. And the defense, you know, came alive at some point, at some times. And they even, they even sacked uh, Russell Wilson four times. And Alvin Smith had three of them. So, I can all say right now, I'm proud of Alden Smith. You can just tell he's regained his love for the game. He's focused. Mm-hmm. He's a different person now. So, I would give a shout-out to him. And if he's listening to this by any chance, keep up the good work, buddy.
1: No, I'm rooting for him. He's been five years. I like it. I would rather him prove me wrong and – Kick butt. He's doing phenomenal. He had three had, sec- I think, three sacks tonight, and he's doing great, so I wish him the best. And this is probably not part of the show, but what do you like about, like, podcasting and doing the sports stuff?
0: Most of all, I just like telling the story the way it is. Like, I like going mm-hmm. to the radio and then being held back and then being given a script and being told what to say. No. In this show, if Prescott has a bad game, I am not going to sugarcoat it. I'm not going to hesitate. I'm just going to say he absolutely sucked. In this game, he was all right, but that fumble, that interception that he threw that uh, was caught, intercepted by Shaq Griffin, that was mm-hmm. on him. Prescott, I've criticized the fact that he wants $40 million a year, yet he's not good with deep passes, although today he did make a couple of good ones just like he did last week. But what, what Pres, the thing with Prescott is he's not clutch. He, he's not clutch. He
1: he's like 50-50 clutch. He is, but isn't. So that's, that's the frustrating part is that's why I said don't overvalue numbers, empty calories. He had more, almost 100-plus more passing yards. And the Dallas Cowboys had more uh, yards overall, I think, a little bit than Seattle in the second half. But that doesn't mean they won the game, and they didn't.
0: I mean, some people might say the Cowboys were the better team stat-wise. But you know what? If you, what, good mm-hmm. is, what good is that if you don't win the game? Exactly. Some people, riddle me this. What good is that if you don't win the game? And and then and it ends in a in a humiliating manner. And then more often than not, people have don't have a response for me. So I'm like, you you see, for Prescott to go out and demand forty million dollars a year, and he turned down numerous deals already. I mean, come on, dude. I mean, I I got I got so much heat, and so did my good friend Wiley, aka the MSc. We got so much heat for trying to explain people that Prescott does not deserve forty million dollars a year. I mean I, I mean like just like you said uh early on he's 50-50 clutch. You don't pay a you don't dump the money truck on a guy who's 50-50. You pay a guy that's clutch just more often than not. I mean he's not going to be clutch every time, but he's going to be clutch most of the time.
1: Mahomes is not even giving about 50 a year. And he's not even on his contract yet from to um, for the next 2 years. So if Mahomes just barely gets that, how does that Prescott get that?
0: That's the question. I mean, you know, some people are arguing that the Chiefs made a huge mistake paying Mahomes this early. I mean, I'm not going to argue because Mahomes is just like Russell Wilson. He lets the he he does the skills do the talking. But since Mahomes is, is young, he's definitely got a future. I, I guess the Chiefs didn't want to take the chance of. Of having anybody else steal him from him, but that that, that is a good question. How does Mahomes get it Prescott? Well,
1: here's the thing. He's still under his rookie contract, so he's not under that contract right now. He still has his fourth year and his fifth year option. So right now, they still have two more years until that contract goes into effect. So that's why he doesn't even get 100% of that contract. So people need to understand, if if he gets injured, he gets about 145. So he gets less than 42.5% of the contract if he gets injured. So you see 500 or 200, whatever, but he doesn't get that full money. That's just some of its empty numbers.
0: That's a good point. I mean, it's only that. I mean, whatever money he makes, I mean, there's still the taxes and everything. Yeah, I always stress out to people just because it says five hundred million dollars doesn't mean he's actually going to have five hundred million in his pocket. I mean, there's Mm -hmm. there's always a catch. There's always a catch. But I want to talk. I want to spend a little bit of time. I have to talk about our triple threat wide receiver duo. But there's also a guy we got to talk about. A guy who I'd never heard of before today. A dude named Cedric Wilson. (laughs) <laughs> mm. five catches 107 yards averaged over a little over 21 yards per catch scored two touchdowns and those are the first two of his career his first catch-up you know of the game was his first career touchdown so that's pretty special
1: mm-hmm. his second game or second a third reception was also a touchdown but I, don't, I think that was called back i think that was phenomenal for him he's, he's a low run pick so he may not get much action the rest of the year. But that to me was the biggest surprise. I had no idea who he was, and i and I follow football very deeply.
0: Yeah, there's always an. I've said it many, many times. Just because there's a player who's not high drafted, who's not from a big school, it doesn't it doesn't mean anything, Dude, a lot, Over the years, how many players have we seen be undrafted or drafted in the lower rounds come from small schools and they have success? And more often than not, those players they succeed more than the players who were drafted in, in the first round. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's just, just exactly. in, in one of life's little ironies, it's the guy who's looked down upon, who's so underrated, nobody believes in him he makes the biggest impact, while the guy who was all the hype, ultimately fails
1: Chris Carson Carlos Hyde, Brewster Wilson, this is a couple of late-round picks uh-huh
0: you know, just, just name a few uh, you know, Terrell Owens, you know, went to a small school, Jerry Rice, I mean, the, the list goes on over the years, I mean, a lot of players they they go to these not really well big big schools and, and look how they do. I mean, the bottom line out of all this is don't judge the book by the cover. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now the problem today, the Cowboys did not force a turnover. You know, we're three games in and they've only had they only have one. Honestly, which should not have counted. If you remember in game one when uh the Cheeto Awuzie. Intercepted a J- Jared Goff, but Demarcus Lawrence had gotten away with a penalty. So really, if we're, if we're speaking honestly, the Cowboys should should even ha- don't really have a turnover, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. And that's extremely unacceptable. But the defense is just so messy. I mean, you know, getting burned on the play. You know, being out of coverage. I mean, being sloppy. It's I mean, this is this has been a problem for so many years. The Cowboys' defense just being. Average to below average, I mean, in, in the level of mediocrity.
1: And I said this, and this is what people laugh at me, but I was so far, i been right. Letting Byron Jones go in free agency was a big mistake. It's hurting their defense, and you can see those penalties on the secondary was key for one of the many, many reasons why the Cowboys lost, and that was a mistake letting Byron Jones go in free agency.
0: It was certainly a big mistake, but... I always ask myself: Were the Cowboys really going to be able to re- afford to re-sign the guy?
1: They we'll, had the we'll money. Never, had we'll never plus know. M- now
0: we'll never know. Now
1: they had the t- dude. They had twenty-plus million dollars that they were going to franchise tag Dak anyways. Because, like you said, giving that many offers for contracts and not accepting it, he wasn't getting a long-term contract this offseason.
0: Yeah, that's why. That's why the Dolphins capitalized and they took him. But. Now we gotta move on. We gotta talk about Dalton Schultz. And you talk about you getting laughed at. I mean, I was laughed at when I said before the Falcons game that if if all we gotta do is give Dalton Schultz a chance to prove himself, people laughed at me. Some people would say you just believe in this guy because you think he's smart that he went to Stanford. I'm like, well, first of all, okay. I'm since he went to Stanford, yeah, I am guessing he's a very smart guy because to get into Stanford, you gotta be pretty smart. (laughs) Even if even if you're the top football player in the in the country. and people ask, why wasn't he good against the Rams? And people say my response is a mistake, but here was, here's my response. Blake Jarwin was, was, the, was the starter. Schultz never mm-hmm. never believed that he would be he would immediately jump in as the starter. So Schultz was not prepared. Like, all of a sudden, he, all that pressure's on him. He says, dude, you got to start now. You got to mentally prepare. I mean, and that's why he did that next week when he practiced all week. He, he did great against the Falcons, although he did have that fumble, but that's okay. And today he didn't have as best of a performance, but he did have four catches for 48 yards. So Schultz is really taking great advantage, and he's really taking it seriously. And that's what I love to see because if Schultz has a great year, we can see a great, unique competition for the starting tight end position between Schultz and Blake Jarwin. That's assuming Jarwin's able to stay healthy.
1: With the money that they paid Jarwin – They could probably split the amount of carries, and he with that many offensive weapons, he's not going to have like a fifty reception type year. But I think they could split the time on the field between him and Jarwin because they pay him what like eight nine million dollars. That's not like Gronkowski or Gates money, but I think they could split the time next year. They give him the extra offensive lineman spot if one of your guys is injured.
0: See that's a that is a very good point. I, I love how how you describe that. A 50-50 situation. Have Schultz, you know, get some cat some reps, and then have Jarman do the same thing. The same thing for the triple threat wide receiver duo, because we all know that Gallup, Cooper, and Lamb are not gonna have, you know, all those catches. I mean, when you have all those weapons, you gotta you gotta let them all flex their muscles, because you gotta you gotta take advantage of the fact that you have so many weapons. Like, let them all show us what they, what they can do. But if yeah, so if you want to talk about something that that kind of really hurt us is when Tony Pollard on that kickoff. Oh my, oh boy, I was like, what the hell was that, Tony? <laughs> I,
1: mean, I is, don't understand. My frustration is, I'm not a Cowboys fan. I used to be as a kid, and I regret it. But they've always, they've always had like a very good roster for many, many, many years. And as I said on my show is that it doesn't matter if you have the better roster because receiving core, they have Dallas has a better receiving court. but they could not. Execute when it mattered Dak Prescott had those numbers when it did not matter Dallas Schultz could have some big numbers But he's not gonna have crazy numbers, but you can see him how the three four Yeah our receptions. but overall it was a crazy game for sure
0: It's definitely a game that was crazy because despite those miscues Dallas managed to stay in the game like even uh, when we were down 30, I mean the the opening uh, the opening drive of the second half Oh, well, Dak that Pres- press got fumbling in and then, and then it then didn't take and then Seattle immediately responds. I was like there's no way we can come back from this but you never say never because I said the same thing against Atlanta and then Dallas did it in fact come back.
1: I mean it's two different teams. Um Atlanta is a failure Matt Ryan's a Hall of Famer. Uh their coach should have been on the hot seat. Russell it's a little bit different. I think when when it matters, that Prescott puts up the numbers when it's time to come back. But it truly matters on a big play, he always chokes and has a turnover. And I understand he had to get the ball down the field with like less than twenty seconds. But throwing with that many guys just wasn't the best idea.
0: It wasn't. It, it just seemed that the pressure was just getting too much for them, and the Cowboys were just you know doing what they're known for. With. They were cracking under that immense pressure. But. You know, I've said this many times. The game's not over until it's actually over, until that final whistle is blown. And you gotta, we gotta give the Seahawks credit. I mean, you know, those two turnovers, they turned those into points, into touchdowns. So that's what they did. What I like to say is they took full advantage. And that's something you don't see the Cowboys very do often. I mean, when they're lucky to have that turnover and they don't take full advantage of it, that's a that's a game changer. And that's not that's not a good thing. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, Michael Gallup is just, you know, every week that, there's a surprise from this guy. And he's another example. This, this dude went to Colorado State. You know, it was a third-round pick. And, you know, and I remember when the Cowboys took him, people weren't, were not not satisfied. They, they were saying exactly the same thing. This dude went to Colorado State. Who cares? I'm like, so what? It doesn't matter where he went, all right? You know, <laughs> That's the problem. I mean, some football fans t- today are just so quick to judge, and they're already going to turn this guy down just because of the school he went to. I mean, you got to let him. You got to give him the chance. Let him see. Let him show the world what he's got. And I mean, and I'm sure a lot of people they're they're eating their that it does not it does not taste good. Sorry about that. Had a little uh sound uh, problem, but we're good.
1: No problem.
0: Yeah, I mean. That catch, uh, the ball was tipped, uh, the player kicked it, and he caught it, and ran. I mean, that was pretty insane.
1: Here's the problem with Dallas. You paid $100-plus plus million for Amari Cooper, and he's only had 25 receptions in the first three games. I know he got a lot of weapons, but if you pay a guy that much, and he's never been consistent in his career— you, you got to get him more involved. Yeah, he at 86 yards, blah, blah, blah. But he's had no touchdowns in the first three games. It's just all around, they had some very good plays, but they also sometimes or coaching just wasn't good. And you saw multiple times where Dak Prescott over or under through Ezekiel Elliott on a big play to set them up to potentially win the game.
0: You're right. And I'm not sure what's going on right now with, with Lamar. I mean, he he's putting up the respectable numbers, but he's not obviously doing what he was paid for but based on on how the case is it's time for everybody to wake up you know the offense the defense the coaching staff right now they're all losing as a team like everybody deserves the blame we're not we can't just put the blame on one guy or one side of the ball i mean you win and you lose as a team I mean, that's the that's how teamwork is so i mean it's only 3 games there's plenty of time to recover but the key is there's no time to waste. You gotta get it done. You gotta get it right immediately. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I just hope that you know they've learned from this game against the Because this game was winnable. It absolutely was. Even though I did not pick the I did not pick the Cowboys. I mean, I had the Seahawks winning by ten points. I mean, my prediction came close, but I mean, I'm not proud of that. But the Cowboys, just like against the Rams, they have multiple chances to win the game and. They just can't take they can't take advantage. I mean I mean how often? I mean you don't see you don't see a, a very often like teams with numerous chances to win the game, and then they fail. I mean it's it's humiliating to be given more than two chances, like sometimes like three or four, and you just can't and you can't do anything about it. Are you that's ready just to that's absolutely unacceptable. Pepper, sweet and spicy Korean.
1: Right, no hundred percent I agree. Okay.
0: So overall, give me your main thoughts of how this game could have been a difference maker if the Cowboys had actually taken advantage.
1: Oh, they wouldn't have. I picked Seattle. I gave the Cowboys no chance to win, and that's the thing is when you think they're going to get it done, what will go wrong will go wrong, and there's going to be people making excuses about the offensive line, but Russell Wilson's offensive line outplayed you, in I don't know who they have. Problem is in big moments, Jack Prescott couldn't deliver. It was not disappointing, but disappointing at the same time for the Dallas Cowboys. It's like that hot, crazy girl you date It's good and it's bad at the same time.
0: You see, and that's another reason why paying him $40 million a year is ridiculous. I mean, I've been thrown under the bus for saying he doesn't deserve it, but I tell people, think about it. Think about what John just said. Why would you pay a guy all that money if he's just not that... Good. If he's overrated, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sorry, but if Prescott's not delivering in those clutch moments, especially when it's when he has multiple chances to do it, then you know the records against him. I mean, his reputation is like that, and there's and there's just nothing to do. I mean, that's how it is. I mean, you're responsible for, take take those chances, but if you can't do it, then boom. Because you know, I I say if the Cowboys miss the playoffs this year, I say let Dak. We have to let Dak walk.
1: I'm sorry. I agree, but I agree, but they won't. That's the problem with Jared Jones. He's very stubborn. It's not going to happen. They paid Tony Romo in 2012, 2013, and and he couldn't stay consistently healthy. And that's the here's the thing though, too, dude. With how injury the NFC East is, you can see a team have a losing record or a time record and win the division with how many injuries each and every single team has.
0: Absolutely well said, but a couple of stats, you know, well-known things from this game is Dak Prescott joins Jameis Winston as the only players in NFL history to throw for 450 yards in consecutive games, and he's only the third player to throw for 450 yards in multiple games in a season, joining Jameis Winston from last year and Ben Roethlisberger from 2018. That's respectable, but at the end of the day, it's like I said. What what good is that if you don't win the game? If you don't win the game, right?
1: Right. Yeah, I mean, it's
0: good. It's good that he broke a record. He's in the record books. But at the same time, if it's that record, is also going to state that it was not a loss. So that kind of takes. It, I mean, that kind of affects it a bit. I mean, I, I, I'm not saying it's going to be taken away from Prescott. It's just at the end of the day, people are going to know that you didn't win the game. So again, what what good is that?
1: What do you think – what was your most surprised game today so far? I'll say this one more game, but I'm not going to watch that. Hmm.
0: Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. I probably should not say this, but I would have to say the Bears.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I picked them to win, to be honest with you, because uh, if Atlanta couldn't do it with Julio, how could they do it without him? They can't. They haven't successfully came playing for Todd Gurley. He only like thirty something attempts in lost two and a half games, and he's supposedly healthy. And um,
0: exactly. And you know, and another one that really surprised me. Well, you know, to be honest, one that really surprised me is uh, Philadelphia and Cincinnati, and that's that's the same scenario as the Cowboys. The Eagles had the chances to put the game away. They could not do it. It's the same thing with Carson Wentz you when know, with Dak Prescott. The Eagles, you know, those Eagle fans think that Carson Wentz is the best. These Cowboys fans think that Dak Prescott is the best. But really, they just can't seem they just don't have the ability to finish, right?
1: I picked the Bengals to win the game and I was wrong, but they both have the same record now.
0: Yeah. Owen oh, two and one.
1: Mhm.
0: I mean this is humiliating for the I mean the NFC East is absolutely terrible. I mean, after week one, it was already humiliating. The fact that a team that doesn't even that doesn't have an official name was on top of it—the Washington Football Team. Mm-hmm. It's and it's unfortunately. I mean, we got to talk. A little, we got to talk about all these injuries that just they just keep piling and piling and piling. Like quite, everybody's gonna like put their hair, you know, pull their hair, and say, "Who the hell is next?" So from my understanding, mm-hmm. is Chase Young today. Chase Young uh, got out of the game for the, for the Washington football team uh, apparently with a groin injury. So it was the same thing with Jamal Adams.
1: Yeah, That's yeah, frustrating. I think they have a solid defense. But, again, their starting right guard is out for a couple games. Dwayne Haskins, his decision-making. I think after this year they're going to draft a quarterback. And I think Dwayne Haskins either goes to Chicago to battle it out with Sam Darnold or – We'll see what
0: happens. I love how you just said that because right now I, a lot of people say the Giants are probably tanking to get Trevor Lawrence. Just imagine it's a battle between the Washington Football Team and the New York Football Giants, a battle of tanking because whoever because they both want Trevor Lawrence from uh, Clemson. I hope I got his name right. I don't know, something mm-hmm. I did. Okay. No, you did. All right. I mean. <laughs> I mean, it won't be good for the Cowboys if Trevor Lawrence is playing for the Washington football team with the New York Giants.
1: Here's the thing people don't understand. If they didn't put the offensive line for Eli or Daniel Jones, how is he going to be any different with Trevor Lawrence? I still don't like Trevor Lawrence's decision-making. And with Saquon Barkley out, and potentially is he going to be fully 100% next year? ACL takes about almost two years into full effect. Adrian Prieston was that rear thing in 2012. So if they don't have an offensive line now, how is that going to change in the next couple of years? That's my biggest question.
0: You see, ladies and gentlemen, this is why John is extremely passionate about podcasting, because he asks the questions that have to be asked. I mean, you're not going to see this on the radio, folks. I can assure you that. That's a good question. I mean, it's such a good question. I mean, everybody shrugs their shoulders. If you don't don't protect Eli, you don't protect Daniel Jones, how in the hell are you going to protect Trevor Lawrence? <laughs> that's a hell of a question, John. Wait, I have to applaud you for that.
1: I that's the thing, the Giants it's, it's repetitive and was the biggest system. I had him winning the division and, and I and I was one hundred percent wrong because of what Darius did and what they did last year. But how do you hire a receiver ex Patriots receiver coach who had nobody at receiver in twenty nineteen to bring him in? Uh, there's a reason why Tom Kaufman was gone. He was kind of a jackass, but I'm not gonna say more than that. So, I don't like Trevor Lawrence because again, habits from college translate to the NFL. And there's, if he doesn't go to New York, there really isn't a lot of teams left. He could either go to New York, to, I say New York Jets or the Giants. That's it.
0: I mean, we'll see it. You know, <laughs> believe it or not, like some Cowboy fans were, were actually praying that the Cowboys could tank so. So Prescott can walk away, and then the Cowboys can get, can get Trevor Lawrence. But at the same time, that begs the question: If they're not doing good with the quarterback, how are they going to do good with Trevor Lawrence, right?
1: Exactly. It's not about having the better quarterback. If you can't execute and coach, it doesn't matter. I mean, Dak Prescott, I think, is a great quarterback. I say whatever he's dealing with on the field, I think, is bigger than football. I'm I dog him on the field for all that. But um, Trevor Lawrence is I'm not convinced of him. What is he? done last year he started the year with turnovers and then he started to get up the rest of the year and this is the habit of him from last year and maybe he can this is going to flip it around this year where he would start off great and then have a bunch of turnovers because even if the giants tank which tanking is done ask the 76ers ask kind of how the rams are doing for the couple of years look at the rams this is not how you operate a franchise if you we have to look at the next two to five to ten twelve years from now and they just simply haven't done that
0: See, I like how you say that tanking is bad because tanking is bad, ladies, and gentlemen. Because it makes the sport itself look bad. It makes the unique definition of teamwork, commitment, dedication, passion, vision, mentality, everything. It all makes it all for naught. Okay. But what people, what we have to under, what people have to understand, what teams have to understand, you don't go after a player that you want. No, 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 no. You take the player that you need. But it's not just any player. It has to be a. Pl- Players are all different. Quarterbacks are different. Some quarterbacks are slot. Some of them are deep threat. Some of them are better at running than throwing. Same thing with you know some receivers. Some receivers are you know the screen guy or slot guy deep deep. You have to get somebody that fits the scheme that runs in the environment of the football team that that you have. You know, like a team with an air raid uh, that utilizes an air raid offense. The best thing for them to, to get would be a guy that is, that is able to go deep and make big catches. Like, it would be dumb to have a, a guy who's only good with the slot of the screen on, a, on an air raid if you utilize that kind of offense. It's all about putting pieces of a puzzle that actually fits. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how, that's how football is. Like, you build a scheme. That's how it works. I mean, in in any sport, like you, you you put the the scheme, an offensive scheme together. You got to put the pieces in the right place, and that's why ultimately, tanking for a player that you know who's obviously, if he's the best player in college football, but he's a player that you don't really need, or or if you know it's not gonna work out, then what's the point of going through all that if you know, or if you risk the fact that it won't work out? I mean, you're just, how 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 should I say? You're just delaying the inevitable. Or or you're, ex- you're extending it. The, the rough years will continue. The vision still won't be there. There'll be no success. You'll just be puzzled. You'll you'll be stuck. You'll be nowhere. To, you won't be anywhere. You'll think that you went somewhere, but the truth is, you've gone absolutely nowhere. At least nowhere forward.
1: Exactly, man. I think people just need to realize the truth and not be biased. That's why certain sports shows that I will not watch.
0: So I just love that, you know you and I with the passion and the knowledge we have of football, we start out as a simple recap of, of the Cowboys and Seahawks, but we go deeper and deeper and talk about football. I mean, I mean it's amazing to have you on the sh- on the show, John, because when we have somebody, when I have a guest that's smart like you that really knows the sport, I mean everybody's gonna love what what you say. I mean, I mean I, I tell folks, John's not just a self-proclaimed and a future uh, employee of the NFL Network or ESPN. I mean, John has that passion, and John's gonna do, is gonna do whatever it takes to achieve that dream, John. And, and I, I have to re- I respect you for that, John. And I, and you know what? what
1: pe- you have my support. Thanks, man. Well, that means a lot. I mean, think about this quick second, because this is what I think is beyond just talking about the game. And goes further is uh, I started recording in my car. This is not like, folks. This is not just I'm back in recording in my closet here, but I recorded in my car. And if you ever watch my first video, I would pay people not to listen to my first podcast. From July of last year, it was terrible. Like nails on a chalkboard. But then overall, obviously, God's been with me throughout the way. There was Carson Palmer, Rob Parker, and a month before that was a college football analyst, and then the month before that, it was somebody else. It's about finding ways to contact people. I'm not going to tell people how I did it. you got to figure it out on your own, just like I did. Because if I tell people how I did it, then there's nothing special about what you're doing, what I'm doing, what somebody else is doing. I started right before COVID. I didn't know idea. I don't know how's your podcast doing though.
0: Well i I had a podcast. I used to use Anchor, and mm-hmm. I stopped because of COVID. But when I revived it, um, well, first of all, a, a good friend of mine named uh, Darnell, the Playmaker Solins. I believe that you know him. Uh, a, lot mm-hmm. of people, a lot of people know that I work with him. I mean, he helped me regain my passion to do podcasting. So he convinced me to start working with him, learning from him, which I really appreciate everything that he's done. And Darnell, if you're listening to this, I salute you, brother. I he explained to me that it's better to have the shows divided. Like I brought back the Bear of Texas podcast, but I have it in separate shows. Like one of them is this show, The Cowboys Talk, because like we you you want to target a, a certain audience and it's never really good to mix in all the content together. Like mm-hmm. some fans want to hear only me talk about Cowboys or football. Like I'm sure some fans are actually gonna appreciate the fact that in this episode we went the extra mile. Like we we put in we put in more to listen to. And you know and for me it's all about giving the fans what they want because a lot of fans they do not like what they hear on the radio. I mean I feel exactly. I mean, I feel bad I mean some of those guys, I mean, I'm sure that what they're saying is it's not what they really wanna say, but since they're on the air, I mean they're they're told, you know, they have to be told to do, I mean, they're do- it's like that.
1: Well, well, here's the thing. That's why you come up with one name, and then you don't have to have separate shows for different football things. So then you don't have to have one just for the Cowboys or just for the Bears because it's all over the place, and it takes a while to grow. So, but Yeah, that,
0: that's what I thought. But since you know I have followers, I have soccer followers and football followers, I think okay. it, it works different for me. But it, it's, not, it's not that – I mean, you're not wrong. I'm not saying you're wrong. It's just – right, it depends on the concept that you use. So – I mean, I, some of my soccer followers have listened to my Cowboys podcast, and they'll say, I mean, we listen to it, but we just don't understand how your sport, how the clock stops. There's all these stupid penalties. And, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, I get it. I mean, I mean, if a guy, you know, defensive end, you know, touches the quarterback after he throws the ball, even if he puts his pinky on him, that's roughing the passer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I get it. I mean, football is not what it was in the 90s and 80s. I mean, football evolves, <laughs> it changes. But what what what's so sad is that it has changed not for the better. I mean for the worse. I mean yeah. there's so much ego now there's I mean the schemes are the schemes are just not the same. Football's just not played traditionally anymore.
1: I think people I mean football or pocket it's not really for everybody. It's, I don't know, but mine started to grow, and during COVID was hard. But I mean, it's working out now. Almost what twenty six hundred views, and it's a small amount, but about almost twenty bucks. I mean, you just never know what can happen.
0: So you you, you got to build. You got to build it. You know. When and when I started, you know, podcasting, I was horrible. I was talking too loud. I was talking too fast. I was stuttering a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm sure every now and then I will still stutter. I'll say oh, a lot, but. Mm-hmm. You, know, you you got to build yourself you know and i have a better mic i mean i, I, I don't use a, from the headset i use a, a, an actual podcast mic cuz it has a and i use a, and i'm in a room where you know it's, it's not too too uh, small so that my voice doesn't have to keep echoing and causing uh, audio problems i mean that's that's why i assure the folks of who listen to my podcast i take great pleasure i mean i'm doing what i love to do so i'm taking it so seriously that's why i mean even in this in this episode i mean i wanted everybody to, in the world to know that I brought in a guest that's about as passionate as me because that's that's what that's what the world needs. They need to hear a show from guys who love their job so much who pay their dues that really want to succeed and, and we're a perfect example of it.
1: How long have you been doing it though?
0: Well, I started podcasting about uh, I started last fall. That's when I officially became a podcaster. But I uh, mm-hmm. I've been a sports writer for five years. Hmm. And I've felt like, you know, writing has really helped me become a better a better speaker because I had I research I mean that's how I that's how I get my story I stuff I research. That's how you're supposed to do it. You got to research. That's how you get the story. Like put I mean I'm a sports writer. I mean I always put facts in my pieces. And, and I think it's about time like, you know, in, in this episode like usually I talk Cowboys football. But it's, I think it's time that I tell some of the of my Cowboys followers the kind of sports writer that I am, because a lot of them they do read my work and and you know they you know they, they like how I put these facts because a lot of times they'll say, Man, I did not know that. I'm like, well that's the point. My point is to get some of you folks to actually say I did not know that. Because if a story doesn't have facts, if you don't get straight to the point, the story becomes it becomes bland and it becomes boring, and that's there's no story in that. Right. That's the same thing with the cowboys, like we we, we got straight to the point. And we need to talk a little bit more, Cowboys, because here's here's how it goes. The Cowboys started off good. Started making mistakes. It affected them. And, see, and the Seahawks t- did what they do best. They took advantage of it. That's Russell Wilson for you, folks. There's a lot of ways to describe this quarterback. If you make mistakes, he's going to make you pay for it. And the, and, and, and the only way he does it is he takes advantage of it. But at the end of the day, that doesn't make him a bad guy because that's what he's supposed to do. If your opponent makes a mistake, you take advantage you never let them know what you're thinking. You always want to be at least two steps ahead. And that's Russell Wilson mm-hmm. for you, folks.
1: Pete Curl has been a much better coach in the NFL than in college because towards the end, uh, USC was not a very good team. Of course, back in the day, 2006 World Bowl, my first ever game. So I don't know about you.
0: Well, mine was two, uh, my first uh, college. I mean, I started watching college football. Vince Young is the reason why I started watching. And I do mm-hmm. remember when he, won, when he did win the championship. But I wanted to see – I need to bring up the point. Like, you know, a lot of people ask me why I don't – I have so many bad things to say about the Cowboys. like, look, folks, what do you want me to say? I mean, I'm a sports writer. I'm a podcaster, you know. I say – I'm committed to telling the story. I'm, I'm committed to tell it like it is. That's what we're supposed to do. If, they, if the Cowboys are not good, I mean, do you really want me to tell people, no, they're good, they just had a bad game? I mean, yeah, they had a bad game. But the way they played, like I said – They had these chances, and they could not do it. That equals a bad football team. The Cowboys are not good. I mean, look, Dak Prescott, I don't think he sucks. Even though I've thrown him under the bus, I've criticized him, I do not think that he sucks. He's a good quarterback, but he's not as good as he thinks he is. He's not as good as a lot of Cowboys fans think he is. I mean, on paper, he may look good, but if it's on paper, that's merely just an opinion. When when he steps on on the gridiron, the results that we expect we do not see. I mean, when I watch the football games, I don't just watch as a fan. I do what I like to call a psychological examination. I examine what happened, and if I see that something else should have happened and it would have been a difference, I remember it. It's that simple.
1: You want to my overpaying quarterback? Look at Kirk Cousins. I don't. Well, we just. I don't. We don't have to go through all that, but. When they signed him in 2018 it was a mistake, and he's proven it. He has three TDs, five picks, the last two games.
0: See, one of my best this- friends, um, uh, my mentor, uh, Steve Adams, who's a who's a constant guest on my soccer show, he expressed how unhappy he is, you know, with, with Kirk Cousins. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously he'll say, you know, it's difficult to be a Vikings fan, but you know, for me, but I told him, look, I mean, I know Kirk Cousins is not the best. So, I mean, he does have a good throwing arm. That I'm not gonna t- I'm not gonna deny that. I mean, there's a lot of things I don't know. Maybe it's just he doesn't fit in the Vikings system. I mean, maybe the, the Vikings got, got a quarterback they don't need. That's what I was talking about. Like, you got to get somebody that you need. You can't just take a guy just because he's good and because he's a big name.
1: He's an above, he's an above more overhyped Dak Prescott. They put up numbers, and when it matters, they don't deliver. This is why I say would the byproduct, if you look at the 49ers and their how they set up Jimmy G's contract, they could release him and have little to no money that like dead money so i'm not saying don't pay the quarterback but don't overvalue it
0: mm-hmm. although i am proud to say that prescott did make my prediction come true i had i had back prescott going go, go to the nearly 450 uh, passing yards so in some ways i mean people say i should be happy he meant he made my prediction come true but just like john just said you know if, if you don't do it when it matters then really what's the point I mean, what was the
1: hype? <laughs> probably need to know, he had the weapons in Washington. A young Trent Williams and a young Brandon Sheriff or however you pronounce his name. You had a good, decent running back in Alfred Morris and Deshaun Jackson and Bernard Davis. So you had weapons. Couldn't it get it done there. Made you think you could get it done in Minnesota.
0: You see, exactly. Just like how you mentioned the whole thing with Eli Manning and Daniel Jones and the possibility of Trevor Lawrence going to New York. You see, folks, this is real football talk. This is things you don't hear on the radio. I mean, that, this is why I think podcasts were invented for people to actually speak their mind and tell sports journalism just the way it is. And you're right. I mean, he also had a young guy named Jordan Reed. Jordan Reed. If you ask me, is probably is a very underrated tight end. Very underrated.
1: If he's healthy.
0: If he's healthy, if, yeah, absolutely. and It's unfortunate that he. It's hard. It, it is hard to stay healthy. It, it was, some players just have the bad luck. Some of them have the better luck. Some, I mean, it's like a, we're all different. I mean, players are different. Some are more fragile.
1: They're more injury prone. I mean,
0: while it's frustrating, really, we can't be mad at them. It's not their fault. He
1: hasn't started more mm-hmm. than nine, ten games a season. See, he had the potential early on with RG3, but he just hasn't started more than 8, 9 games and think in a season.
0: It's a shame, too, and I believe he got hurt. He got hurt against uh, against the Giants today, I believe. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, it's just that, I mean, the injuries just keep piling up, but... Now, I plan on having a... a this, uh, we will have a Cowboys and Brand, Browns preview, but we can have a little preview of a preview here if you're interested because everybody's saying, oh, that's the Browns. We're going to kick their ass. I'm like, okay, seriously, that's ba- there's Baker Mayfield, Nick Chubbs, Kareem Hunt, I mean, that... That good uh, Cleveland secondary. I mean, people are actually thinking it's the Browns who are going to kick their ass. I mean, uh, are you out of your mind, folks? I mean, for people who think that.
1: But let's not overvalue the Browns. What have they done? No, I. I here's what they. I am capable of saying this, but I put the Cowboys to win the game. Here's the thing: is that when the Browns win, Baker Mayfield's passing numbers are not good. When they win, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt get the job done. Beck Mayfield had less than 200 passing yards today. So, again, they may have the better guys on paper. But it took early in the later in the game for Dwayne Haskins to have those last two to three interceptions for them to steal the deal. I think the Cowboys are going to win the game. I think they do have the better running back in terms of numbers. Because, again, the Browns are still the Browns. They won today, but still... Consistent offensive penalties, again and again and again, are going to kill them if they actually want to make the playoffs this year.
0: Absolutely. I'm not going to go too deep because I, that, that's an episode for another time. I can also yeah. say, but this is a winnable game for the Cowboys. All we can hope for it, and I honestly, I pray for this because, really, folks, do you really think I, it makes me proud to have to do a Cowboys talk episode and, and then have to talk so negatively about the team? It's not fun. I mean, I'm. Te- I mean, at least it's a story to tell. I'm telling the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth because that's what I do. But I'm all about positivity. I want positivity. I don't want to talk so much negativity. So I hope that the Cowboys get it together this week at practice and actually come to the gridiron this Sunday prepared.
1: Even if they lose, they're not out of the race for the NFC East, and that's the crazy thing with that many injuries. Take on Barkley's out. Giants are done for the year. Eagles, I don't know what's going on with them. I could. The Dallas Cowboys have a chance to have seven, eight wins and actually win the division. With how miserable it is this year, the worst division this year in terms of injuries. The Cowboys still have a chance. If the Cowboys lose this game, I don't want to hear any more excuses. You couldn't beat Seattle, and then now you can't even beat the Browns. It's. I don't want to hear any more excuses they can still have a losing record and potentially win a division with how abysmal the NFC East is.
0: Absolutely, well said. Absolutely. It, for me, it's you know because after I believe after the after week four, I believe they play the New York Giants at home. Now, if they lose to the Giants, that's when I'm officially going to say no more excuses. I mean, there should be an excuses regardless, but if they lose to the Giants in humiliating fashion. Like well, you see, folks, they don't get it together. You see, you, you see that. I mean, they they could very well be oh and three, but the, really, they should be three and zero if you ask me. The Cowboys should be three and
1: zero. The Browns are. It's pretty much almost even in the record overall between the Cowboys and the Browns, and I don't see how what would happen. Cleveland Browns lead the series 17-14 to 14 in terms of overall, like, wins and losses. Last time they played them, according to this, was 2016, and, of course, Cleveland lost, but... It was a
0: 35-10 win, I believe.
1: Exactly, it was. I don't even know who was the starter at think It was Cody Kessler. Yeah, it was. And even though he had some good numbers that year, I think he should have gotten more chance. That's another thing for another day, but they have to win the game. There's obviously already no excuses, but at the same time, with how bad the NFC East is, even if, and this is even if they lose the next two to three games, they still have a chance. Especially with how the Eagles are playing and how the Giants are playing, and if DeWayne Hassen is going to finish the year off being a starter, especially with Kyle, no, remember he played with Ron Rivera, so that could be some favoritism towards the later in the year if he starts to continue to play like Mitchell Trubisky.
0: Oh man! If the NFL Network is listening, if ESPN is listening, you better get ready to hire John because he's gonna make a difference for you. <laughs> awesome.
1: Dude, like I, I hated school. I hate I do I just do what I like and do your research. It's fourteen years of research and watching games. Just gotta do what you like. Amen to that. And I've been in contact with some people. I just uh, waiting to, see, to hear back about. Them coming onto the show. We've had what Paul Gallant, which I think you know who this. But maybe not. Um, the guy that has works for ESPN in Seattle, and a couple other people. So it's been pretty good.
0: Well, I can say is keep up the good work. You know, keep shooting for the stars. I mean, that's what I'm doing. I've been paying my dues for five years. Sacrifice, worked so hard, got paid absolutely very little to nothing. But you know what? The what's what's really important is I've learned, I've gotten better, I've grown. I'm getting getting ready because, you know, when when the door finally opens, I have to be ready for anything. That goes for anybody. Anybody out there who's listening who's an aspiring sports writer, podcaster, sportscaster, whatever, even if people tell you how hard it is to get work in this industry, if it's your dream, still go for it.
1: Have you reached out to people in terms of, like, people that work in the sports industries on social media and whatever else?
0: I, I have in a sense, but I don't want to get too deep into that. I'm sure, and I'm oh, sure, I'm, I'm sure they see my work, and they they probably see. Well, this guy's building himself, so when the time is right, it's gonna happen. I mean, that's how it is. You, when the time is right, but the the point is, is keep going.
1: Yeah, reach out to people to come on the show, and and for me, I make it more about building the relationships with the people, which is what I told Paul. Kwan. It's more primarily about building the relationships with the people. Part reached out to almost half a thousand people. And only four or five have responded. So if that, and at first I was worried about the numbers. Don't focus on the numbers. If you're going to reach out to four or five people and expecting everybody to respond, that's ridiculous. I even had a player from the 49ers, I'm not going to see who they are, read my thing but didn't respond. Pat McAfee responded but declined, so you just never know.
0: Exactly. I mean, so, I mean you're passionate and... It was an honor to have somebody who, who's really passionate to talk some Cowboys football with me. I mean, we did get carried away, but I'm sure some of the, I'm sure our listeners understood because these listeners are they're gonna they're gonna know that you have two passionate guys who work hard who do sports drills in the way it's supposed to be done. I mean, that's what makes shows so effective. So, John, all I
1: can say exactly. is
0: thank you very much for accepting my invitation to appear on this edition of Cowboys Talk. No,
1: one fun, dude. Let's do it again sometime.
0: Well, then let me ask you. I believe either on Wednesday or Thursday, I plan on having a Cowboys versus Brown preview. So I am officially extending an invitation to you to come back and join, a, join me on Cowboys Talk to do a preview of that game.
1: Uh, yeah, let's do it.
0: Well, then, folks, here's something for, here's something for you to look forward to John Alcorn will be back. Thanks for
1: having me on,
0: dude. Well, that wraps up for this week. John, once again, thank you so much for being on the show. I'm very excited to have you back soon, and I'm sure my loyal listeners are excited too. Can't wait to have you back, buddy.
1: Sounds good, man. Can't wait. All
0: right. You have a good one. Good night, everybody.